my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. Remember, the HR Sound Off Podcast Show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals, magnifying HR voices. How are you doing today, people? Are you having a great day? I know we normally download this show on Sundays, and so I hope that by the time you're listening to this, you're either nice and cozy or you're in the middle of your cleaning or whatever it is that you do on a Sunday to enjoy yourself. I hope that you're going to enjoy this episode. So I want to give you a little preface. I know I don't usually do this. Normally, I just get straight into introducing our guests and then we have our conversation. But I have to preface this for our, for this guest in particular. And she has no idea I was planning to do this. So you guys know that most of the time I meet my guests on LinkedIn. This time, yes, we are connected on LinkedIn, but I actually rediscovered our guest today through another podcast. Yes, I create podcasts, but I listen to lots of other podcast shows. And this podcast show that I was listening to, that if you're not listening to, you need to go pick it up right now, Redirection by Dr. Terry Corral Reed. Absolutely fantastic podcast where she interviews Jamaicans who have had their lives change for one reason or the other, and they've had to take a pivot and do something differently. And when I first listened, the Sunday morning that this episode came up on my alerts, and I immediately pressed play and listened to the entire episode. Normally, I would listen to it after church. I listened to it before church because I was just so engrossed with what Candace Walker had to say. And it said to me, Julie, you need to reach out to Candice again and ask her to come on HR Sound Off. And so I did. And she said, yes. Before that, we actually got the opportunity to meet at Disrupt HR when we launched in Jamaica in September. And today she is here for us to have a conversation about her HR story. Candice, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. And I want to congratulate you on Disrupt HR that was held in Jamaica recently. It was different and a novel experience. And I do look forward to when it comes back to Jamaica. Hopefully I'll fuck up enough nerve to say, you know, maybe I'll jump into the discussion. Yes, yes. It's an absolute pleasure to host this Rep HR in Jamaica. Being a half Jamaican myself through my father, it was definitely an honor to be able to launch this Rep HR in Jamaica, but it was an absolute pleasure to meet you in the flesh. Let's tell our audience a little bit about you. Let's take them out of the suspense. Who is Candace Walker and how did you get into HR? Oh, oh. And so it's a, I got into HR in a roundabout way. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in college, I was kind of exploring different career paths. 
um, I always had an abiding interest in reading the law, but I thought that, you know, getting practical um, corporate experience would have prepared me better for that and um, got into HR. Uh, I worked for a temporary agency actually right out of college and it was one of the best platforms for me to launch out into the the industry. I got Mm -hmm. to see how recruitment can be so defining and that in with persons, especially in the world of work, can make a difference in how someone onboards or how someone adapts to a new environment. So um, that sort of was very defining for me personally, and that's how I got into HR. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's so funny that you said that, Candice, because I think a lot of times when we talk about how did you get into HR, you know, people talk about starting in recruitment mm-hmm. or they talk about actually having a first HR role and then progressing their careers. But you've raised something mm-hmm. that's very interesting, which is going through a temp agency and starting your jobs, your job in HR, your career in HR from there. And I think for people who may not be aware of how to activate a relationship with a temp agency, if they still exist, I think they do exist. They do exist very much so in the Caribbean. Uh, What advice would you have for people who are trying to kickstart their career into HR, but they're having a little trouble navigating that? Landing a place. So uh, there are a couple of options you can choose. One, Mm -hmm. you could sign up with an agency, but I think even... Beyond that, um, find a mentor, find someone who has worked in HR. Um, There are every company, any company worth its salt should have, you know, an HR practitioner or professional. Um, Ask to volunteer, Um, Mm -hmm. do intern, meet people, go to conferences, go to seminars. You would be amazed at how many student um, provisions are made for larger conferences, particularly for Mm -hmm. HR or any of the allied um, professions where you can meet people, um, build relationships. And when building those relationships, you get to shadow people and you get to talk them through some of their experiences and in, Mm -hmm. in so doing. You go for the big interview, you can relate to some of the questions and the issues that employers may need you to navigate, to help them navigate. So volunteering, um, internships, good places Mm -hmm. to go. And also, you know, working for a temp agency, if you are new and you're still not sure about where you might end up. Go to a, a, and they're now called, I understand, professional employers organizations or professional employment okay. organizations where they mm-hmm. place you because uh, HR that's practiced in the automotive industry um, deals with, you know, a different array of skills than probably in the hospitality industry. So, you know, shop around and there are ways yeah. to shop around, mm-hmm. you know, working for professional 
employer's agency gives you that bird's eye view into different industries and how they operate and where you might eventually find a home. Thank you for sharing that information and giving that advice. I think it really is important for people to be aware of all of the options that exist out there for how they can actually step into HR. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to say, what is the sum total of years, without giving away your age, that you have been in HR? Let's just put it this way. By 9-11, I had already clocked about 10 years under my belt. Okay. So that's, you know, it's been a minute of over 25 years in, in HR and the <laughs> value I think I offer to organizations is that I have practiced in multiple jurisdictions. So I've worked in the U.S. and as well as I've worked here in the Caribbean. So that perspective is always helpful um, in, in communicating with management as well as, you know, code switching and talking to, you know, my colleagues. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think that that's very helpful for HR professionals who may be looking or who have migrated from uh-huh. other countries into other countries. How did you navigate that at first? Working in the U.S. was, I, I think, a little easier than adapting back home because okay. uh, the rules there are pretty clear mm-hmm. and they're big on people development. Mm-hmm. And so they are further along the curve, I think, rather than the Caribbean, where we have mm-hmm. some cultural obstacles. Once you are passionate about what you do, you would read, you would seek guidance, and you would ensure that you are connecting with your constituents regularly to assess what your impact is. So um, being in a service role, and I think HR is not a, you know, and it's not, people may say, oh, HR is for the company. Um, And I think that HR is for the company, then we have failed in or, or we're not as, I shouldn't say failed, but we're not as successful in how we positively engage people and engage their environment to ensure that you are the ombudsman um, yeah. between people and um, process and power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you said that being the ombudsman between the people, process, and power—that's powerful in itself. Um, so thank you for thank you for sharing that. You are powerful. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I want to touch on something else here. You are the head of people at Toyota Jamaica and a very busy woman. What are some of the great things that you guys are doing from a people perspective at Toyota Jamaica that has you very proud to be there? Okay. So me being here for a minute, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's the challenge and the growth and the the enrichment that I would want to see in my career is taking place. 
Um, I love to see people growing in positions. I love to see when someone comes in here. Um, and one of my favorite stories is, you know, one lady who came into pack boxes and then mm -hmm. she hired as a receptionist and she was, and, she, and she's just one of the best professionals I've encountered in life. She saw an opportunity. She seized it with both hands and she just dealt into it. I love to see growth. I also love to see learning take place. I love to hear the stories of people who have left and they have come back to say, you know, I'm grateful for the start I had here. Um, I, I love that people can be challenged. I love that people can be the part of the process of change. One thing you do is, again, that assessment of your environment is always important. I love that people have a voice and that HR can be that, that active voice, not only just hearing people's concerns and finding ways to, you know, hide it in files or hide it in referrals that go nowhere. But the fact, mm -hmm. you know, there is consultation taking place across the organization and that um, people don't fear that there is blowback when, you know, there is a process that may not suit their needs or suit their success, that they can articulate those concerns and, you know, they can yeah. be addressed from a, you know, from a practice vantage point, we are, we're seeing more activity in terms of moving persons to moving away from paper-based solutions to people using um, digital to communicate with HR. I think that's wonderful. And that indicates growth. One thing I've worked tirelessly on over the years is affirming the dignity of the people we work with. Because I think if value people, then they are going to value the experience back. One thing we don't generally pay attention to is you hire somebody for a position and you don't see them outside of the position. You don't Correct. see that the person is, you know, the chairman of their PTA. They are, you know, deacon in their church, their heads of citizens associations, they sit on boards and they make decisions in other spaces and places. And here they have a chance. Um, you, you see them as whole people. You see them as yeah. parents. You see them mm -hmm. as students. You see them mm -hmm. in news and you need to encourage them to be their best and their whole selves. And that is something I am particularly proud about. I love that, Candice. You just said something really powerful there that I think we all need to take stock of. When we go into organizations and we serve people, because I believe highly that HR is a service position, definitely. that we need to definitely focus on the fact that as we want to become more people-focused, we need to remember who our people actually are. Right. at their core because they're more than just employees they are mothers they are fathers they are members of ptas they they are also carrying out other sporting activities mm -hmm. 
they may even represent our countries in in different sports or different activities, national activities. Um, There's so many things that our people do to add value, not just to our organization, but to our country. Yes. Yes. Just see our people in that full entire context and what they bring to the organization in terms of their, not just their competencies and their skills, but their emotional intelligence. That is Um, correct. Yes. That's valuable indeed. Powerful. Uh, And if I can go a little further with that thought, Mm -hmm. easy to fix a process because the the company, the money to throw behind, whether it is a piece of equipment that we need to buy or a new piece of software, Mm -hmm. but it's harder to, the people yes because you don't know how far your influence should stretch and Mm -hmm. also if they are distracted you're not going to get the whole person showing up every day correct yes you never will get a person to show 100 every single day but Mm -hmm. if you can get to show up you know close to 100 most of the time because you care about them, they will feel mm-hmm. more engaged. Because you show interest in their development and their growth, they will become more engaged. Because you care about their environment and providing them with a space where they feel like they belong and they're able to work safely, all of those things are what helps employees to show up. And you made another really important point in your previous comment that I want to circle back to because it ties in nicely with what we're talking about now which is the statement that people make sometimes that HR is just for the company mm-hmm. when when nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, by that. I don't live by that because my, my values do not allow me to, to support, to, mm. to, to act in subterfuge against another human being in that way. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard. Yes, it's hard when you... When you know where your paycheck is coming from, but at the same time, can you sleep at night comfortably knowing that you've done your best and all you can for those you serve? And at the end of the day, if I am here to ensure that your labor force is showing up um, in the best way they can, then um, then that's my job. Yes. That's my job. Yes. yes. You've done that. 100 percent so i also want to touch on one more thing before i ask this other question so not only are you an hr professional working very diligently in your organization super busy you took another decision regarding your career to pivot and you are now an attorney at law what made you decide to do that so i've always been enamored with the law I've always been fascinated with, you know, argumentation and debate. And I believed that, well, kind of working through HR and the industrial relations aspect of it, I realized that there was a gulf or a difference between how HR practitioners view the law and how lawyers actually view the law. And I thought that there was an opportunity for me to kind of get into that space and 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 see how I could bridge um that divide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
actually, when I started, um, well, the degree portion of my law school journey, I realized that the law is so much more. It's so very integral in our lives. And there was much more for me to to learn and to kind of leverage my experience, especially in employment, you know, in the world of work. Right. So here I am at a crossroads, loving HR still, but being drawn to something else, another discipline that's that's kind of as pervasive as HR. So far, so good. You're enjoying it. How do you manage the two? Because obviously you're you're head of people for your organization, but you also are and you go to court, right? You're yes, dealing I with dabble different in, cases. I dabble. Yeah. But I double, I double for the experience now. Mm-hmm. And they say the law is a jealous mistress. Mm. So at some point, really? I'm going to have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do both, but am I ready to do that both that that requires? I do enjoy what I do right now. I think I have a gifting. And so I'm going to continue where this little... Um, where this rabbit hole leads. That's where I am at. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Doing all of this wonderful work and, you know, having a family, taking care of yourself becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. What do you do to take care of yourself? Uh, and so I read, I um, I like going on trips in Jamaica, going all mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. I like to travel. I mm-hmm. do love spending time with my son. He mm-hmm. is fascinating. And mm-hmm. when we go out together, it's just nice hanging out with him and getting his perspective yeah. and actually being spooked at the world he's growing up in versus the world I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my go-to in terms of relaxation. I like being pampered. So occasionally mm. I do like going to the spa. Mm-hmm. and getting a good massage and a facial one yeah. of my guilty pleasures that i indulge in quite a bit is um getting a pedicure but Ooh, aside right. from that what gives me real fulfillment though is volunteering mm-hmm. and i actually do find time to be part of a service club and to be involved in my church nice you're taking care of you in the ways that you value yes. them all. and i unplug I unplug. There are some times when I just can't handle all the WhatsApp messages and all the direct Mm -hmm. messages. So Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, if you send me a message by Facebook, I'm not going to see it because I don't check Facebook messages. Me neither. I I agree with you. I don't don't trust Facebook, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So so I'll respond to a WhatsApp when I get Mm -hmm. around to it, but I'm not kidding myself. No. Even in law school, my friends would laugh because I I I couldn't go I couldn't stay up past eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, guys, it's the witching hour. It's time for the it's time for her to get her rest. Mm-hmm. Cole doesn't get her rest. Mm-hmm. She is going to cause all kinds of mischief tomorrow. So <laughs> you need to release me. So, so I you alone. 
<laughs> it's so important to be in tune with your body and recognize when it needs what it needs, whether it's food or rest or exercise. I got to ask you because I am a huge fan of Jamaica. What are some of your favorite places to to go to in Jamaica? Oh, Lord. Oh, okay. so many. And I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> I grew up in Westmoreland. So Negril was a place that we went to for the beach all the time. And I love mm-hmm. it. With the new highway, we are at, in Ocherios in one hour. So mm-hmm. I love going to the beach in Ochi because it's close. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell persons, I look forward to Christmas time in Jamaica because there's just a different vibe. Really? And you can't do Christmas anywhere else. Christmas What's Christmas like, like in Jamaica? Oh my gosh. It's just tell, this tell a story. Paint a picture. So we, on Christmas, so all the family comes home and friends you haven't seen for a while, you you kind of get together with them. And the night before Christmas, everybody goes out shopping. And leading up to Christmas, there is caroling or, um, you know, the whole preparation. And my mother, when she was alive, used to do this whole spread that the whole family would get together. And it was just wonderful. And um, so that was it, you know, just about getting together with family and 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 just being in good company, good affirming company. It would be a chance for you to reflect and to, you know, make plans and to look towards the new year with expectation and all of that, I think, you know, it's it's kind of wonderful and and, and inspirational. So that's why I love Christmas. But in terms of favorite Warm and fuzzy inside. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So to prepare for Christmas, I usually starve myself in November. So I'm going through that dieting now. So you're fasting now? Yes, to eat all the cake I can in December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love, so I love the grill. Mm-hmm. My favorite restaurant in the whole world is in Montego Bay. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love the parish of Trelawney for some strange reason. Um, some strange love, reason. Yes, mm-hmm. I love the city of, of Falmouth. I just love the historic buildings. Mm-hmm. I just love that it's just beside the sea. As morbid as it seems, you're in the Falmouth Hospital and you're looking out at the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Portland mm-hmm. because it's so quaint. The water mm-hmm. is so um, beautiful and mm-hmm. it, it, the pace of life is just so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my favorite places. And of course, um, just dining out in Jamaica can be a treat. Yes. Um, I wish we had a little bit more diversity in our food mm-hmm. uh, because of the melting pot that we are. But I think we are just masterful on flavors. So Yes. Yeah. Color and flavor. Yes. Yes. Can't yes. beat it. Yes. Can't beat it. It's true. Thank you for sharing that. Tell us, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? Oh, Lord. So <laughs> so much. <laughs> I have discovered the rabbit hole of TikTok. Mm-hmm. It is but, a rabbit hole. But I've had a rule for the last 20 or so years mm-hmm. is that I am careful about what I ingest 
Yes. So if it doesn't affirm, if it doesn't make me laugh in a mm -hmm. positive way, mm -hmm. either you will be unfollowed or you will not be a part of my... And I've been careful to ensure that the algorithm picks up that I like happy and yeah. I like positive. Correct. Um, so... My love for reading continues, so I'm still reading this book, um, A Pirate of Exquisite Mind. Um, mm -hmm. talks about this, um, this, he came from the United Kingdom and he became an overseer here. And it was, it's a historical, um, with, with some embellishments, of course, of his time in Jamaica and um, traveling to different places around the world as a as a merchant mariner. So, you know, I've, I've been reading that. And also, um, I think um, Terry Carell's book, I had an opportunity to start reading it. And I'm like, where have, yes. I think every HR professional should have that book. It's, it should be recommended reading. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. So reading that. But and, um, she's a fantastic woman. One of my I'm, favorite people in the whole world. Member. I'm a bona fide TK tribe member. That's yes. right. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so that, that, that is something I would recommend for persons to, to read. I am mm -hmm. loving it. And I'm not just doing it for like bedside reading. I'm no. actually reading and making notes in the columns notes. and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I wish I'm making changes. Yes. And mm -hmm. I wish we had a workbook that we could just kind of work on that redesigning of mm -hmm. um, what your personal brand is. Yeah. Um, so we could, you know, kind of reinvent ourselves. Yeah. Uh, some of us who have reinvented ourselves could take some more polish and refinement. Mm -hmm. And for those who are in the process of reinventing themselves, this is a good way to kind of guide that, that reinvention process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. I think that that book is so valuable and I've, I've learned a lot from Terry personally, um, as a friend, uh, and I see how she carries herself and the way she carries her brand. Yes. Um, and just in the way that she hosted Disrupt HR mm. for us in Jamaica, the way that she ingests information and then makes it so relatable no matter what she's covering in terms of a topic she can make it seem as though she's known about it all her life she has the, that power about her and just the way i watched her i sat next door and i watched her take copious notes of every presentation and what she wasn't sure about she asked me but then when she got up on that stage, she shared the key points that really resonated with her from each presentation. And then at the end of it, she said to me, Julie, I've hosted events all over the world and I've never seen anything like this, but you have affirmed for me why I need to tell my clients people don't need to speak for an hour or 45 minutes. <laughs> it can be covered so succinctly I'm in 10 you. to 15 minutes. Yes. I wouldn't yeah. tell people five minutes, but can be covered in 10 to 15 minutes. Um, um, so I think we have a fan intern for Disrupt HR for sure. She is very masterful and I mm -hmm. wish I could learn about her preparation techniques because she mm -hmm. goes deep. She, she doesn't does. do surface. She goes no. deep very and deep. she's 
very thoughtful in how she mm-hmm. engages with material. And mm-hmm. then when she whispers in terms of how she translates it. Yes. Chef's kiss. Yes, very mm-hmm. much so. I think as HR professionals, we definitely could take so many lessons from from her in terms of how, like you said, she absorbs information. Mm-hmm. If we thought more about delving into the business, not just the business of the business, but the industry and how it impacts the people that we are working with, it would help us to be a lot more strategic, a lot more proactive um, when we are interacting with the organizations. I think, like I said, I really do believe that my brand compass by Terry is definitely a book that every HR professional Mm -hmm. should have in their library because our brand as HR people matters. And when you build that brand, it builds trust, it builds influence in the organization. Mm -hmm. And then people are more likely to engage with us because Mm -hmm. we actually do have a genuine interest because we understand their brand and what their brand value is to the communities that they're serving in. Um, We could fangirl about Terry all day, but that's not why we're here. (laughs) My last and final question to you is what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? So apart from the HR is for the company. Yeah. And I think we've we've dissected that quite a bit. Then mm-hmm. the other misnomer I think needs to be addressed is that it's a proper vocation. It's a proper mm-hmm. discipline. It is something yeah. that it, you just don't drop into it. And no. feel like it's about pushing forms and it's mm-hmm. about um, organizing tea parties. It is mm-hmm. not. We're not the official party planners. No. Um, it is a bona fide discipline that draws on other disciplines in order for success. You mm-hmm. have to learn a little law. You have to know a little marketing. You yeah. definitely have to know how to communicate with people. Yeah. You yeah. definitely have to know about um, company metrics and in terms of goals, the, what the company's strategic pathway is in order to translate those goals to their constituents. You also have to know about how government agencies operate because um, for you verifying an identity of persons, how to store information, how to do a little IT, everything is brought to bear in this discipline. And um, people ought not... Um, I I have nothing against people who are growing in their profession. And, you know, for years you have, because I'm from the era where they taught typing in school, where they Mm -hmm. taught man shorthand and people were doing principles of business. Business. And I think those were foundation courses Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the future. But now, now that the, 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 the function of uh, the secretarial function is kind of disappearing and yeah. we need more persons in, in support roles. Mm-hmm. HR is a service and support role Correct. that you have to apply yourself a little bit more intentionally. And mm-hmm. people ought not to think that, oh, because you are, you know, from a clerical background, it means automatically you'd make a good HR. HR. No, 
No, no. it is a proper discipline for which you can be certified in yes. different countries. You yes. also play an integral role and more and more companies are focusing on HR mandates such as diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, it, even that's a thing now in Jamaica. Yes. Yep. So it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It, and it should have been a thing for Before. a very long time. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, when we start thinking about um, how HR is going to function, then when we deal with, you have to have someone with the requisite know-how to help you pilot that process in terms of building. Because everybody, every company has an HR brand too, you know. It, it yeah. is bound That's in it. their goodwill. So mm -hmm. how you treat people goes a very long very way. Very long way. Mm -hmm. so you have to have that subject matter expertise in your business. Yes. And you you don't want to to, to treat that to chance or leave no. that to chance. No. So that's I think something that and I'm sure I'm preaching to the converted, mm -hmm. but you know, you just don't run up into HR. You no you don't. You have, no, you don't. You have to and plan. so many people believe yes. So many people believe that. I heard someone say recently that they could just read up on HR. It's not that complex. Yeah. And I went into my office and I picked up 10 of my books that I still have from my HR course. And I, and I took a picture and I sent it to them. And I said, well, here are the books you could start with. <laughs> because if you think that HR is just reading, here, here are all the books that we read. Um, in context when we when we do get certified and I took up the books from my my degree I took up some of the mm -hmm. books from my HR I did CIPD um, mm -hmm. I took up the book some of the books from my CIPD certification and I was like here you go this is the, all the here's all the stuff mm -hmm. that you need it's not just about reading books there's so much about the individual that performs the role yes the depth and the breadth of the role has become more complex. I think that so many people just feel HR is about hiring and firing mm -hmm. and paying people and nothing more. But HR is about developing people and watching people thrive. And yes. that only happens by focusing on creating robust engagement strategies, yes. learning and development strategies and career pathing so that people know where they can go and grow in the organization. Absolutely. And if people want to be lat stay lateral, because some people don't want to get promoted, but they just love the organization and the work they're doing. But how do you give those people stretch so they will stay is a right. whole different conversation that needs to be had. And then when you think about your industry, how do you build talent pipelines that may not be as big as others, depending on the roles that you are recruiting for, it takes a lot of deep thought and strategy to think about where these pipelines are going to come from. We don't just poof them in the air or put something in the paper and hope for the best. Those days of putting things in the paper, applications in the paper, and hoping that to the to the um, recruitment gods that they will send good candidates, you know, is is a thing of the past. And we have to get very savvy and creative with how we practice this profession that we love called yeah. HR. I'm very passionate about that. And I get very 
upset when people just say anyone can HR or, mm-hmm. you know, all you have to do is read upon it as it's not that complex. Those things upset me because when I think about how long it took me to perfect my craft mm-hmm. and what I do as an engagement expert, as a well-being expert, it took me a long time to develop that craft. So when I can come to the table and give you a solution in 10 minutes, it does not mean you could go read something and do the same thing in 10 minutes. Ten minutes. It took me a long time to get there. So I really appreciate what you're saying here because I feel that so many people do not have that full context and I still see it a lot today. You mentioned TikTok earlier and I will say the rabbit hole of that I go down sometimes is very annoying to me, but because of trying to enlighten people, I have to go down that rabbit hole sometimes. The things that people say on TikTok about HR grieves my heart in so many different ways because it's just one person's opinion based on maybe one or two experiences they had with Mm -hmm. HR all HR gets blanketed the same way yeah I absolutely hate to hear attorneys talking about don't go to HR just go straight to an employment lawyer because there's due diligence there's process that comes into play and I remember someone in my HR community saying, even in the US, as much as you could go to an employment attorney, you still have to give the employer opportunity to respond straight, yes, to, to respond. respond to the charges yeah. that you are bringing against them. You can't just go roll up in court just so. So when you're hearing all of these attorneys online saying, come to, the, um, to an employment attorney, don't mm-hmm. go to HR, don't listen to them. That's not the way it, things should go. And just because other people have had a bad experience with HR does not mean we can blanket every HR professional with the same brush. Otherwise, as women, would we all have children? If you know a group of women was like, don't have kids, they will ruin your life. They will change your vagina forever. They will ruin your stomach and give you all these lines. And you hear all of these things about having babies, but there's something in you that still makes you go and get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we looked at having children or getting married the same way people look at don't trust HR because they do this, they do that, we would we would have a very small population. And that's no why we that's why it's important for you to use the platform that you have. Why? Because we need more HR champions. We need more people to tell our stories and more relatable stories that Mm -hmm. they can get airtime to instead of persons who are just trying to market their services. Services. That's the bottom line. Because that's what it is. At the end of the day, you don't win. The employment lawyer gets paid. That's right. I'm not knocking those in my profession, but... Mm -hmm. Word to the wise and wise. But it is what it is. Follow the money. Yes. Follow the money. And what we're about is ensuring that, you know, the due process that needs to be followed and Mm -hmm. that you have a listening ear is there and that you are doing and guiding the organization prudently. Mm -hmm. So we need need more HR champions telling their stories. So thank you for this platform and thank you for allowing me to share. My pleasure. I will continue to magnify HR voices until I 
I'm exhausted of it. But here we are, 140 episodes later, and I'm still not, I'm not tired. So we will keep it going. <laughs> well, more power to you, my sister, and I'll be cheering you on in the wings. Thank you yeah. so much. With that being said, Candice Walker, you have survived your time here with me on the sound booth, and I really do appreciate you being here with me today. Tell our beautiful audience who's listening to the show where they can find you on social media. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm really more of a voyeur, though. I just watch. Mm-hmm. I post <laughs> occasionally. And mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on Instagram as mm-hmm. DC Walks, D-I-C-E-W-A-L-K-S. That's how my name's that? Yeah. DC Walks. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But I mm-hmm. mainly watch, watch. But sometimes I get creative and I use, you know, my humor to, you know, kind of give you insights into my life and to give advice. But um, if I could give a piece of advice and my yes. own coping strategy is mm-hmm. to be careful to curate happy thoughts, be happy. And I know that depression is real yes. and a lot of us struggle with mm-hmm. um, with depression. And one of the ways I try to stave off, as I, I heard my son say, it, we play the games to stave off the depression. So yeah. I laugh a lot. I try to find humor. I try to find life and joy in the things that I do. And if it doesn't bring me laughter or joy, you best believe I'm not hanging out with y'all. So um, find laughter and joy in the things that you do. Thank you so much for sharing, Candice. It was a pleasure to have you. I wish you all the best. And I will continue to support and connect with you so that we can continue to grow this friendship that we have started. But I am a huge Candice Walker fan. (laughs) Likewise, my sister. Thank you. And the privilege are mine. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all other episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.